I will be Diane Fossey, and they the gorillas. But where can I find the mist? This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 43, <laughs> for the week of August 8th, 2011. Everybody shut up. I am the maniac who blew it up, David T. Cole, and I'm here with surprise Statue of Liberty, Joe Reed. Damn you! And Monkey on the Lamb, Tara Ariano. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble getting through that <laughs> intro. That may have not been the first that take. That was not take one. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, did it. Before we get into our uh, main uh, event, our main attraction, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I just wanted to give a quick uh, shout out to Trip Payne, who sent us a note two months ago, this man works ahead, to look out for an extra hot great clue in Monday, August 8th, Yahoo Daily Crossword. So we're in there somewhere in some capacity. So if you uh, play the crossword at Yahoo, be on the lookout for that. Little hint for our listeners only. We'll get a leg up on the Yahoo crossword puzzle. (laughs) All right. Rise of the planet of the apes. Okay. Before we get into it. Yes. And to head off any pedants, I know that monkeys aren't apes. Yeah. Monkey on the lamb is a reference to a recurring segment on the Colbert Report. I'm not an idiot. Please don't put anything in the comments. I'm not stupid. I like to uh, put forth a theory that perhaps monkeys are apes and we'll just leave it at that. Well, they certainly (laughs) took pains to remind us like three times during the movie that everybody... Monkeys are not apes, although chimpanzees apparently fall under the umbrella of apes because they seem to be using those words interchangeably. Well, yeah. chimps don't have tails, right? Isn't that the... Sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. All right. Uh, what do I look like? Bill Nye the science guy? I don't know. Mm, no. no. I just need to remind no, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers ho, fun ahoy. Ye be warned. So, um, well... Spoiler to apparently the lots of people in the theater who we saw yesterday, these apes eventually learn how to talk. Yeah. Which you would not have thought that that was a more surprise. There were people just, oh, shit. I, what? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what movie did you think you were going to? What series of movies you know, did you think? I was think- thinking yesterday, this is an interesting, like, sequel proposition because, you know, I don't think, like, Rise or, or just the Planet of the Apes movies slash shows in general right like they're really well known for mostly the wrong reasons sure and oh uh, i'm not pretending that i've seen them i've probably seen part of one right but i know but that you the know. apes talk they take over I'm the world and they talk and there's a statue of liberty where the age divide is from people that actually have seen some of the old stuff oh i bet it's high and like the only and people that just know it from like the simpsons or something yeah you know, just from references and you know just pop culture stuff right um like the timeline for this series is just all over the place like they're actually trying to integrate this into everything else that's been done this is supposed to be prequel to like everything that exists they're not like rebooting or throwing everything out they're actually trying to like incorporate everything and now like the tim burton thing is like a slingshot around the sun's you know (laughs) temporal disturbance (laughs) in the timeline kind of thing and everything Mm -hmm. it's it's, that's the uh jj abrams star trek to the rest of it okay i see yeah but um but that is yeah you're right there was a lot of gasp like like they didn't know it was coming which made me think that like even though this is not a reboot it really is as far as audiences are concerned like i don't think a lot of people really had true real exposure to the previous stuff like that seems to be the case um 
just a lot of fans of James Franco's work on General Hospital, maybe. Possibly, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, also, Francis McDormand and Joel Cohen in the audience, who I like showed up mm. and I was waiting for Dave and our uh, other uh, companions, and I sort of sidled up against a wall. And who was next to me? But Francis McDormand. She Pretty loves cool. apes. Was she wearing a jean jacket? Um, no, but only because it was too hot. She she was casual enough that it was like a jean jacket would have worked with what she was wearing. Did she give you a no look high five? Oh no, but wouldn't that have been the best? I, I almost I was I said to myself like if I have occasion to like be close enough to talk to her, I might just say I loved your Tony speech and then walk away. <laughs> nice. Um. So anyway, Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet. Of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Surprisingly well reviewed, which yeah. was the other sort of thing we were walking into the movie. Being well, like, you, we've all seen the trailers. It and we all really laughed bad. at it when it, the first time it came up, with the yeah. exception apparently of Mark Blankenship, who said he was in it from the beginning. Yeah, but even still, he was like, "I hope it's good." Like there was yeah. doubt. There was um, doubt. Yeah, we all saw that. We all laughed. Yeah, it looked ridiculous. James Franco, you know, like well, James, everyone what knows. won't he do, Franco, in a Planet of the Apes True. remake? What? True. Yet. Well, here we are the day after. I'm a satisfied summer moviegoer. I kind of like, I, not without reservations, but uh-huh. I liked it. I thought the CGI work was justifiably praised. Mm-hmm. I thought for a movie that really depended on you sympathizing with Caesar, the main chimpanzee, mm-hmm. mission accomplished. Yeah, that, uh, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? Andy, Andy Circus. Yeah, he has like a really kind of weird and wonderful talent for Yeah, very this specific stuff. skill yeah. set, but he's very good at it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go. No, no Tara is an observer to this conversation. <laughs> um, Which but, is a shame because uh, after the movie ended, it said, oh, Tara would have loved this because it's got <laughs> animals beating the shit out of people. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. But it's like so many movies in one. Yeah. Like there are action elements and there are things about, you know, that are... Uh, traditional to planet of the apes movies you sure know, the apes and riding horses and stuff yeah. like that sure um yeah that they work horses. in but it's like part a prison movie yeah part and like a well done prison movie considering that nobody talked sure i get you i'll give you that i think one of my reservations is a reservation i think tara you may have shared mm-hmm. um this is a purely guessing game. <laughs> well, um, I, let me just say, for the record, we'll never know. We'll never know. No. <laughs> you, even yeah, if it, comes, it, on it HBO, comes on HBO, I was going to say. I'll probably see it when I, it You'll like it. I think you're going to like it. But I feel like you really felt the PG-13-ness of the movie, especially yeah. in the final third, oh, mm. where, because it builds up, it really does build up in the audience, in me, like a bloodlust yeah. for That's watching true. humanity get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they get it, but they... But you know the the apes pull up pull up because they're trying to be like there's a message about like well we're going to be civilized like yeah. the smarter they get the more they don't want to be savages yeah. but like when he throws that uh, manhole cover at the cop car like I wanted it to take some heads off and sure. it didn't and it's like Dah! it was like, a bloodless film it was a very bloodless yeah. film and I really Lame. I think the movie made you want to see blood and I feel like. Just it's a it was a little bit of a failure in that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I you, now now that you you've said it, yeah, I agree. You did you did at the end of the movie want to see some apes chew off? These a are face apes wielding spears <laughs> made from zoo fences. Yeah, and they don't pierce any human flesh. Like I don't nope. want. I mean, I'm not. I don't a, buy it. I'm not a savage here, but like, aren't I, you? I wanted I to see it. I wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah. And also okay. slipped into the prison movie, and also the action movie was like an Andromeda strain. Little, oh yeah, little, right. Which I had totally forgotten. Movie. Me not knowing the Planet of the Apes series very well, I just assumed that humanity was wiped out because the apes got 
super smart and then wiped them out through violent revolution. But apparently humanity gets wiped out by a virus, much as in the trailer to Contagion or Outbreak or something like that. Yeah. This this movie takes place in San Francisco, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, If we could just have some real talk for a second. Yeah. If you unloose a population of hairy, angry, indigent I was primates that. into San Francisco, really, would anyone notice? No. You mean like nobody would tell the difference between them and hippies and druggies? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And bums. Yeah, they're smarter than hippies and bums. I That's wish true. that I could think that the... And they dress better. That the chaos were <laughs> confined to San Francisco, because let's wipe that place off the earth, right, guys? I was going to say, that was a, a point where I was making my little mental checklist of, like, would Tara have liked it? I was like, destroy San Francisco. Hmm. Check well, in the positive column. <laughs> The success for the movie for me was I was really invested in Caesar. Like, yeah. that was the triumph of the movie. Yeah, right? you certainly weren't invested in James Franco and no. Frida Pinto's ice-cold chemistry. <laughs> Good lordy. Are you like, serious? How do you not have chemistry with Freda Pinto, the most beautiful woman alive? Because uh, she's a block of ice. And Whoa! I'm sorry. Wow. I was not impressed at all. I love her. Joe, can you, really? can you explain her character? Oh, my God. And her, her character. Her, her character is... A uh, a chimp handler at the zoo who James Franco takes the uh, baby chimp Caesar to when uh, in an early stage of development, mm-hmm. and then there's like a three or four year like time gap during which time she becomes Fr- James Franco's girlfriend and like de facto parent to this monkey. Sure. After which, then comes the revelation that. Uh, this monkey has been made super smart by this drug, and there could be problems with this. So, like, we're we're kind of led to believe that this chimp expert has sort of drifted by for four years, being like, "Well, it seems like it's normal. Like, right. why wouldn't somebody yeah. keep a chimp who's who can apparently like sign the entire, you know, can have conversations Oxford English Dictionary with, with, and can like, have, like have really conversations just any conversation. This is also the, the plot of Project Nim, basically, isn't it? Minus people getting mauled, which does happen in Project Nim. Sure, yeah, I think Project Nim is probably the bloodier version. Yeah. <laughs> shockingly enough, um, but I, I felt like after I think I mentioned this to you or maybe to uh, to Mark and Andrew about like she could have been John Lithgow's character who plays James Franco's dad, his sort of Alzheimer's caregiver, and had the same yeah. dynamic with Franco and not seemed quite so dumb right like and you really can't buy james franco as a scientist is the other thing and he feels very keanu let's be honest that about way. people that work at zoos for a moment <laughs> yes. we've all seen them <laughs> shoveling hay into the right they don't look like frida pinto they, is that what you're they saying they don't look like frida pinto no. no they look like they're married to your geology professor yeah. from <laughs> university <laughs> also i need to say i love they're the, in tiva sandals uh-huh i love the well, kids probably not from, sandals if they're shoveling hay <laughs> probably true I love the kids from Harry Potter as much as anybody, and I hope they all do well. But uh, Draco Malfoy as the zookeeper, uh, whatever, the chimp The prison, evil chipminder. Evil, <laughs> evil chipminder was really, really terrible. Yeah. And then you get so psyched and to watch him die. that character was overwrought. Overwrought, yeah. yeah. And then you get so psyched to watch him die, and once again, he dies in a bloodless way. And it's like... Lame. And then Brian Cox playing the head chimp prison warden, I guess. Yeah. Who is like probably easily the best actor in this cast? Doesn't even get the dignity of a death by chimp. He just sort of goes away. As I said, to be goes to again. his cottage or something. Goes we to his cottage know. or something. Maybe he waits out the revolution and it'll be. He there was rocking those nineteen seventies Hunter S. Thompson sunglasses. Uh, yeah. Those yellow sunglasses. And yeah, I feel he, like I was saying that I feel like he's been in those before too. It seems to be something that is coming. He's really he can be really good in a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, I would say see the long kiss goodnight for. 
proof mm. of that. Mm. But he just doesn't get anything to really chew on in this one. And I mean, this is not a bad movie, but... Uh, well, as I say, the triumph of this film is really Caesar. And, and it's and, a very and, big and, triumph. And other apes as well. I really yeah. enjoyed the circus orangutan and the really creepy... The circus orangutan, or how I referred to him, Old Deuteronomy, which yeah. <laughs> it was very, very cats that sort of like sitting on high and... Uh-huh. Looking over everybody, uh, but yeah, there, but but the the real low point in this film for me had to be all the cutesy poo nods and references right. to the rest of the and there were a apes, lot, you know, franchise and there, there were a lot, lot and there were like it was like here comes the reference yeah here's the reference <laughs> that was the reference yeah everybody applauded it was and, and 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 you stupid people make sure you whisper into the ear of the person beside you and that was, was happening. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that man's name is Charlton Heston. He was in a movie called Planet of the Apes, which is why we're watching this movie. Like it was a film is a series of still pictures so <laughs> at twenty four frames per second. <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank you. Oh. oh, maybe that's what the person who answered their phone directly behind me was getting a phone call about. Was the history of film? Because oh my god, yeah. You know, uh, at the end when they say no animals were harmed in the making of this film, <laughs> um, celluloid is made from pigs. So uh, I don't know that story. Remember that? Yeah. Oh god, what was that? that happened. That no. happened when we went to see that movie, The Butcher Boy. Do you remember that movie? I remember the movie. I never saw it. As but we I remember were walking it. out, some guy, I assume on a first and last date, <laughs> decided to impress the girl that he was with by dropping that knowledge on her ass. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never wanted to punch anyone in a movie sure. before. And that is saying something. You would have been well within your rights to do so. How obnoxious is that? Officer, shit? he said that celluloid <laughs> was made from pigs. <laughs> I'm not that projectionist. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, yeah. my, I, I would say it's a fun popcorn film. Yeah. And, you know, there are uh, strains of this movie that are incredibly enjoyable and ones that are instantly forgettable. Yes. But I am not. uh, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And Tar, I think you'll enjoy it because it does have monkey carnage. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's Tiny Triumph Mega Edition. Google Tiny Triumph. All right, now, Tara, I want you to give the backstory to what happened this week. Okay, well, in a past episode, in the I Am Not a Crackpot episode, correct? Um, Joe, one of his items was about the Critics' Choice TV Awards, I believe. Sure. And his contention at the time was that they had made up a phony baloney award and then given it to the exact people he would have given such an award to True. had he started the Joey's. That's true. Which you yes. didn't say at the time, but... But that's a good... A, a similar award. It's a good piece of business. Okay. I like that. Um, and so he went through this whole thing about, you know, Busy Phillips, his his previously named beloved Bill, yes. Busy Phillips. Who I've referenced his, in roughly, roughly 45% of episodes of yeah, this podcast. Yeah, so she's in his, in his stable of blousy blondes that right. he loves. Um, she was one of the recipients of these of this award, and I just said as an aside, it sounds like what you're really saying is that you want to hug Busy Phillips. And Joe said you were that was true. That was pretty much true. And then Dave decided to pick up on my totally offhand little cute joke and make it into a thing, yeah. capital A, capital T. <laughs> Which I'm known to do, without permission so or, or take, from take, you, every, anybody involved. So at this point, take it. Okay, so then... Um, in the past few episodes, it Yeah, so each episode after that, when we were actually taping live, we would have an update. We would ask <laughs> Joe if he'd been hugged by uh, Busy Phillips And yet. by the way, it was clear, because none of you guys are in the room when this happens, that That's Joe true. was mortified. Yeah, I was kind of oh, mortified. I was really hoping this thing was just going to die. Yeah. 
Because he, this was a, just a joke that went out of right. hand. He didn't want to seem like a weirdo. I did not want to seem like a weirdo. I'm like on my list and of priorities. Like, and, hug- and he's not. Hug- hugging Busy Phillips, like one, one A mm-hmm. is don't seem like a weirdo. <laughs> yes. So it was really like important. So we had an update each week. And then each week I would uh, encourage our listeners if they had some sort of tenuous connection mm-hmm. to Busy Phillips, perhaps right. through Hollywood channels or domestic channels. Who mm-hmm. knows? Uh, to make it happen, to get yep. people in touch with people in touch with people. Cut to this past Wednesday. Yes. I also registered a website called <laughs> hasjoereadbeenhugged.com, which I think was really where the crazy pants kind of took yeah. a new level. Yes. But that was really where it was probably going to end. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. So cut to Wednesday. Busy to Phillips Wednesday. tweets, she's in New York. Yes. Follower of Extra Hot Great and me, and I follow her too. Yes. Use it, Twitter user Pizza Carry. Right. Pizza. K-A-R-I, um, tweets back at Busy Phillips, if you're in New York, you need to hug Joe Reed. And so <laughs> Busy Phillips tweeted back to her, who is Joe Reed and why does he want to hug me? All of Twitter was, five people, were a buzz at this. That's we're true. like, because he's awesome! Because <laughs> he thinks God. you're awesome! Like, it turned into this, and I didn't want to, and I, again, I could tell Joe didn't want this to, you know, you you sort of, like, half-heartedly engaged. I didn't quite know how to respond, because I didn't want to be like, no, I don't, like, <laughs> right, you know what you I do. mean? Like, ch- like, you know, what kindergarten playground kind right. of thing. But also, I was just like, how do I get out of this right. without seeming like a really <laughs> like a stalker. stalkery, creepy yeah. person right. who has unleashed his hordes of internet exactly. people upon this unassuming movie right. or TV star? Hordes of, I'm going to say, like, maybe 10 people. It was in the teens, it, yeah. Was it? Okay. So then, you know, we decide, okay, obviously... I, and none of us really even talked about it. But clearly, right. since she's the celebrity, it becomes... Right. Balls well, in her court. Balls in her court. Yeah. Yeah. You don't so want then, to keep on asking. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, know, you drop we, it. If she pursues it, If nothing, it, okay. we, are, yeah, we are perfectly capable of taking the hint, exactly. which is why, <laughs> yes. you know, what happened was that... On Thursday. Yeah, the, the, the post went out there, and Joe was posting, like, you know, just, like, adding a, a, not a creep tags to his <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> which, by the way... All the subtext of... Guys, shut up! You don't, guys. with a backfire. Don't do a te- don't do a hashtag search on not a creep because yeah. you will see the creepiest shit people will ever think, <laughs> and then they just tag it with not a creep like it doesn't even mean anything. So what happened is you posted that just a joke and like I'm not a not a creep, yeah. and then like a whole bunch of other people that follow Joe yeah. and Extra Great uh, Twitter account they posted yeah Joe he's not a creep he's not a creep. So as far totally as there were some testimonials, well yes. yes. As far as Busy Phillips is concerned, <laughs> she's just getting like dozens of tweets saying Joe Reed is not a creep, which of course. Just made me think, oh, okay, that's over now. Yeah, yeah. Once you get the whole room telling somebody's not yeah. a creep, all you can think about, well, if I hug this guy, he's going to be wearing a Buzzy Phillips skin suit. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So I just let it sit. I'm like, okay, if it's going to happen, the ball's in her court. Yes. It's going to happen. So, so after a few, yeah, on Thursday, I just posted, look, guys. I have sad news. I don't think this is is going to happen, and then yeah. that would be the end of it, right? Yeah. But you, but you said Joe, you in your tweet, mm-hmm. you you at at mentioned yeah, yeah. both Joe and her, sure. Yeah. But I just wanted it to be out in the open that yes, so it's not everyone happening. shut up. That, yeah. Everybody knows. Right? We're simmering this down now. Yes, yeah. and then, every uh, although we appreciate all of their the, where, the spirit, where it came do. from. That's, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's I'm just putting myself in, in busy shoes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. So then what? So then she tweets back. Uh, no one really tried that hard to make it happen, and then everyone's heads exploded. Yeah. yeah. So Dave tweeted back to her with his e- real email address yeah. sometime in the mid afternoon sure. on Thursday. Uh, we're both sitting here. It's like 4.45 on Thursday afternoon. Dave gets an email from Busy Phillips saying, yeah. I'm ch- I'm shooting at the corner of 
this intersection. Yeah. If you can get here in the next half hour. Yeah. I'll hug Joe. I'll hug Joe. Yeah. And then so the- I get a call from Dave at like 5.30. No, it was earlier than that. By 5.30 we were... Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It was five. Yes, you're right. It was around 530. And I'm like, thank Christ I had finished up all my work for the day and was sort of like working ahead of time because I would have really had like a serious like job questioning. Like, Mm -hmm. am I just running out of this thing? Because I called and he called and I'm just like, all right, out the door into a cab. You're right. It wasn't 445. It was 545. Um, So... Tara and Dave are coming by cab from their apartment, and I'm coming from work. And of course, it's like rush hour insanity. It's yep. sort of like a romantic comedy <laughs> that should that would be well within its rights to cast Busy Phillips Absolutely. because it's like mm-hmm. you know New York. It's crazy. Yep. Blah, blah. So I get there first. And the cab like drops me off right in the middle of this of movie this set. set. Yeah. And so I'm like scurrying off to go around and like get out of the way of the like set clearer guy right. who's I just like I don't want to piss anybody off. They were off. impressively low key about like being dicks about keeping people off the set though I have to they say. They were. So I'm sort of standing at the periphery and uh, this other girl who's just sort of like walking by just sort of comes up to me and goes is that that girl from Dawson's Creek? And I'm just being like yeah. <laughs> like trying to like not engage because it's like this girl looks like she's about ready to run up and like oh yeah just spaz out on somebody not with me no so i was just like if this girl gets kicked off a set i don't want to be with her near her so i sort of like step away and i'm just sort of standing there waiting for tara and dave to show up and busy phillips is across the street waiting to like film her scene where she's walking to the corner i don't really know what looked like she was on the phone um yeah and so she just sort of turns and looks across the street and she goes joe (laughs) and she waves at me and then I dropped out of a heart attack, and now I'm a ghost here sitting you. Um, so I like wave back at her, and I texted Dave, and I'm just like, I've made contact. I don't know what to do. Like, please I believe you soon. texted crapping self. I said crapping self. Yes, that's that's true. So um, we eventually got there, and yeah. we waited Not a little bit. Not too much bit. longer. Yeah. And then we were like, I had my camera ready. I'm like, Tari, you're going to videotape this. Mm-hmm. And then we're sort of just waiting. And then all of a sudden, it there's just like- so fast. This yeah. busy blur. <laughs> just she, came across the street, she's like, well, Josh, just like 120% ball of energy. Yep. She's like 10,000 Pokemons in, yep. like in your knapsack. It was just she, like amazing. She, I couldn't get my camera out fast enough to videotape the moment of her hugging him because she would like homed right in on She did. Him. And she was so like friendly. Laser. She, she was, was super so friendly. Nice. Super like. Not I in mean, a phony way no. either. No. Um, and just so like pretty and she can wear a ponytail very well. Nice? She Yes, she. It was the whole package. Um, and she only hugged Joe. It was Joe's special it was moment. Exactly. It was true. She shook hands with me and Dave, but only Joe got as a hug. it should be. Two yeah. hugs. Yeah. One for realsies, yeah. and another one staged for uh, for the camera. For, for the camera. But, but, but you, no, you captured got, the moment really well. I got shots of both. And just like see a super the bliss on her face in the photo. She's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Super cool, and just re- I mean, uh, like honestly, that's my main like takeaway from that yep. is like. Just a really cool thing yep. to do. She and, was really uh, cool about it. And she responded to Dave from her own email address, which I yes, like did. give her such credit for that yep. it didn't like come through publicists. I got one email like that, that uh, came to explain where she was shooting, mm-hmm. and then a second email which uh, reads, "Oh, uh, if you give away my email to anybody, <laughs> I will kill you." Period. New sentence. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Stars, they're just like us. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, I think now we can close the book I on think we your can. hug. We can. And uh, I think a little mini FAQ is in order. Uh, question, will Joe be hugging anybody else? Answer, yeah. no. No. <laughs> 
I will not make any jokes to that effect. <laughs> also, we have, we've gotten some tweets of people saying, I want to hug so-and-so, make that Yeah, happen. I don't want to be the guy. We're not a hug service. We're not, I don't, we're not a hug agency. Not and I don't want to be patient zero of like this like trend, like the new planking is running up to celebrities and hugging them and being like, you know, Joey told me to and like hugs. Like, just It's called joeing. Don't. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. No, it's really not. But didn't you have another actual tiny triumph this week? Um, I did. I uh, which really pales in comparison to that. But you it should does, mention it. But I had a really good time. I forget what day of the week it was. I just got Spotify, and yep. I decided to uh, inspired by Tyler Coates, who I had no idea actually had an almost identical playlist mm-hmm. uh, of songs written by Diane Warren. Sure. Um, and so I tweeted about how much she loves a key change because that lady. She, oh, yeah. She loves a key change. Sure and I love how she loves a key change. Um, and so yesterday I get home from the movies and I have an at reply from Diane Warren being like, yep, I, I do. do. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yep. So yeah. giant triumph, tiny triumph. Sure. Big week for Joe Reed. Awesome. All right, from tiny triumphs to tiny parts in movies that have impacts, big impacts. A little idea we had, and uh, that I was watching a movie, which I will uh, let you know what it is very shortly. <laughs> and this moment came up; it's one of my favorite moments from when I was a kid. Yep. And I kind of realized, like, just a little moment that's happened, yeah. and it's such a big thing to everybody. Here we go. This is the moment. Bad news: the fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. (laughs) (laughs) That is Steven Stucker from Airplane. He is my uh, nomination for the segment called Small Part, Big Impact. Um, I I can't remember when this film was. I was probably five or six when this film came out. It was 1980, I think. Oh, okay. So it was about eight. And uh, like this is sort of like the American... Like the funniest thing that's come out of America in the 80s to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Previous to this... You were like people of my age and my temperament and my sense of humor are watching Monty Python and that yes. kind of stuff from Britain. And then this wacky, crazy, yeah. weird thing came from uh, from the States, right? Yeah. And oh my God, I just loved Airplane so much. And it's a not really knowing funny anything movie. about the craft of comedy and why exactly it was funny beyond the fact that it was absurd. Yeah. This moment even then stood out to me. This, yeah. This character. Yeah. And he has other moments in the film, but that is definitely the can most. Can be a hat or a brooch or a pterodactyl. <laughs> or a pterodactyl. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And lately I've been like listening to comedian podcasts and this moment keeps on coming up in various podcasts. I think I heard it on Never Not Funny and mm. some other, yeah. maybe The Nerdist or something. I can't remember. But obviously it struck a chord with the comedians that were out and about in that yeah. age too. And, and I don't know. It's just one of those moments. It's just like a perfect, nonsensical Five second clip. Yeah. This actor was never heard from again. My favorite thing was uh, a year ago or so when that flight attendant flipped out on the passengers and then like grabbed two beers and slid down the uh, emergency chute. Sure did. That uh, immediately it was sort of like <laughs> latched upon that like because he built ba- he bared a slightly uh, yeah. similar resemblance to him physically, and mm-hmm. just, like, the act of it seemed very much like Johnny in, uh, in Airplane. And it was... So I like how that kind of revived it for a new generation for people to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Johnny from Airplane. He's my small part, big impact. Tara. Do you want to just play the clip and I'll, I do. I'll explain? This other commitment. Is it another girl or something? Brian, look, 
It doesn't matter who you told first. You know, if it was her, if it was me. You should go with who you want to go with. Just be honest with me, please. Okay. So I guess I would. You would what? Rather go. You know, with her. Sorry. It would be really good if you would leave. Delia. Please. Brian Krakow is an asshole. <laughs> Joe recently has been tweeting uh, that watching watching my so-called life again at this remove. You really see that part of the story that doesn't really get told is that Brian Krakow is not good enough for Angela. No, he is and not. Angela does some shitty things, too. She sure does. But throwing the crappiness of Brian Krakow into sharp relief is the character of Delia Fisher, uh. played by Senta Moses, and that was her in the clip, <clears throat> where he's just, he's asked her, he knows that he, she likes him, he's asked her to a dance, and then Angela's plans have fallen through. Right. So then he's like, oh shit, now's my chance, and so he decides to throw over Delia oh, in order to so go after awful. Angela. And, you know, she's Delia Fish. The character of Delia is only in three episodes of the show. But when you if you say her name to anyone who loved it, Mm -hmm. they immediately like lock into her because she's. Yeah, I feel like she's more. The less we see of her, the more she can be so purely herself. Yeah. And yet, you know, you would think from that clip that she becomes a victim. She has the best time at the world happiness dance of anyone because she gets to dance with Ricky and Ricky is awesome. It's one of my favorite moments of that whole show when they start dancing (laughs) to uh Hadaway's What is Love, yep. um, which is still my main image for What is Love beyond mm-hmm. the Roxbury, whatever. Yeah. Like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. It's my so-called life. It's that dance. Um, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so mine is a, a more recent movie is um, 1999's Go, which featured everybody. Um, and almost everybody is fantastic in that. Uh, but in a very small part, uh, Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaids, from Gilmore Girls. This was before she did any of that. Um, so just a quick setup uh, before the clip. Uh, in the third segment of the movie, Scott Wolf and Jay Moore play uh, soap opera stars who are also gay and in a relationship together, and they find out that they've been cheating on each other. And so they have this moment where they both be, uh, say at the same time who they're cheating on each other with. And it's the same guy. It's Jimmy in makeup. And so they go <laughs> over to Jimmy's apartment to confront him, and who answers the door but his roommate, who is Melissa McCarthy. Is Jimmy here? Oh my god. Oh my god. I'll call you back. Jimmy's not here right now. He went to this thing. <laughs> Let me, I'll go get it. You, you, you do, do know, don't you? We know. Oh! Woo! <laughs> I take no responsibility. I was only an innocent bystander, but there was this one time. You guys, you must see each other by like three minutes. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Just, 
It's it's. She's I mean, only and in watching that it, one scene she's in only in that one scene, and watching it is ten times better because her nonverbals are so. Where she like halfway wants to flirt with them because these are two soap opera stars sure. that she knows, and halfway she's just like so giddy at how insane this whole situation is, <laughs> and the little tiny part that she played in it. It's uh, for a movie that also features Timothy Oliphant as a shirtless drug dealer yeah. with a Santa hat on. Shirtless this is my for like almost the entire movie. This is know. my second most notable movie f- moment from that movie and that's saying something. <laughs> well, he is. He is. Timothy. <laughs> Off with his Off pants. With his oh, pants. Wow. Almost almost happened in that. How often do you think that you're going to need a drop like that? In it's an in episode? I I have a, a if the first page of Soundboard <laughs> has evergreen ones, including chopping and bullshit, and uh-huh. it's on there because okay. I never quite know when you're going to. You're drop. never going to be too far away from an opportunity to use that. Day. Absolutely. So if you out there, I'm sorry. Oh, I was done. Okay. If you out there, uh, I've never seen Go. Is that? Oh, it's one of my favorite really? movies of no. all time. All time. Should I, don't I rectify think that's that? True. No, I'm I haven't. pretty sure you saw it with no. me. No. It's very much of its time. Um, there's Sarah a lot. Polly, right? There's a lot to do with raves, and we saw uh, it with Tammy. I'm pretty sure when yeah, she came maybe. to Toronto. Okay, once. then I've forgotten everything about Go. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's more credible. <laughs> All right. You are senile. Um, so maybe we can throw it out there to everybody. Yeah. If you have a small part, big impact uh, nomination, yeah, uh, throw that stuff on your mic and send it to us. Yes. All right. It's time for the canon. And Tara, what do you got for us? Well, I'm coming off a horrible defeat. Uh, <laughs> the last time I was up for the can, it was the Will and Grace episode. And as you will all recall, Dave, <laughs> Dave did, not, did not vote for my That's pick. bullshit. Well, so I'm, I'm taking a risk again by going with a show that I know Dave is not particularly enamored of. And even though I need his, even though I need his vote, but I, I oh, think. Can I, can I just clarify that? Because we got a question on, on the website about how exactly the voting on the canon works. Sure. Yes. Um, basically, it is the canon needs two of us three to vote it in, regardless of whether there's a guest or not. So basically, two members of us voted in, it's in. That's how it works. That's why sometimes it seems like it has to be unanimous, and sometimes it doesn't. Because when there's a guest... Uh, someone right. can someone can vote it down and it'll still get in. Exactly. Yes. But two of us who are not <coughs> submitting, like in this case, need right. to be Right. My vote doesn't count because right. I'm the submitter. What I'm saying is, yes. regardless if no, of who's, if there's, yep, who if, is presenting, yes. two of us, Tara, Joe, and I, yes. need to vote it yes. to get it in. Yeah. Mystery solved. Okay. So with that all said, um, I am submitting the episode of How I Met Your Mother, season two, episode nine, called Slap Bet. Um, so you can tell this is a good episode because at no point in it do we see old Ted's bored children. Uh, instead, old Ted states the episode's putative thesis, which is that everyone has secrets. And at this point, Robin and Ted are still newly dating, and he feels like he's learning her secrets, good and bad. But when Barney invites the gang to the opening of the 500th Sharper Image store at the Willowbrook Mall, Robin refuses, saying simply, I don't go to malls, and refusing to get into why. So although Ted sticks up for her with their friends, he presses her for the reason, which she won't give. And then he later complains about it to the rest of the gang, which is when we learn that unlike the closed off Robin, Marshall and Lily tell each other absolutely everything, which will be important later in the episode. In a real relationship, you share everything. That's why Marshall and I don't keep any secrets. You were such a cutie pie. Here's a quarter. Go play a song on the jukebox. No, it's true. They tell each other everything. I can think of tons of things. There's no way Marshall's told you. Try me. Do you know about the time Marshall was in Trenton? Donkey ate his pants, yep. <laughs> Bill's bachelor party in Memphis. Oh, when they had to pump out all the nickels from his stomach? Wow. Okay, Seattle. 
trick question. Marshall's never been to the Pacific Northwest because he's afraid of Sasquatch. Damn. I'm not afraid of Sasquatch. I just think we should all be on alert. <laughs> that is good advice. Um, so in the absence of any hints from Robin, Barney guesses that she did porn. Uh, Marshall's guess is that she's married and that the wedding was in a mall, which is why she's sworn off malls since. Um, so equally sure that they're right, Marshall and Barney decide they're going to bet on it. I've got it. The ultimate wager, slap bet. Oh, slap bet. We used to do those when I was a kid. What the hell's a slap bet? Whoever's right gets to slap the other person in the face as hard as they possibly can, but no rings. Are you really going to do that? That's so immature. You can be slap bet commissioner. Oh, I love it. What are my powers? <laughs> um, if a problem arises and we need a ruling, that's your job. But you have to be unbiased and put the integrity of slap bet above all else. This is an honor you will take with you to your grave. On your tombstone, it will read Lily Aldrin, caring wife, loving friend, slap bet commissioner. And your tombstone will read, got slapped by Marshall so hard he died. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted um, inexpertly asks Robin whether she was married. And after getting mad that he won't respect her privacy, she admits that Marshall is right and says she is married. She, she explains that she was young and that her husband moved away for work, and since they got married in a mall and broke up in a mall, now she doesn't go to malls. Um, but Barney still isn't convinced that he's really lost the bet. Don't get too cocky, Slappy. I just got a shipment of porn from Canada I have to go through. I won the bet. Why are you still searching? Just because you were right doesn't mean I'm wrong. Oh, right. Like you need an excuse to watch porn? Canadian porn. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you their universal health care system doesn't cover breast implants. That is true. I have to sit through one more flat-chested Nova Scotian riding a Mountie on the back of a Zamboni, I'll go out of my mind. <laughs> oh, my God, so good. So it turns out that Barney may be right. Um, Marshall, who at this point is still in law school, uh, went to the law library and researched Robin and found no record of her ever having been married. Um, so when Ted asks how he can get her to admit that she lied, Marshall tells him to lawyer her, which means interrogate her until he finds the crack in her story. And so Ted does so. For me to get total closure on this whole my girlfriend has a husband thing, I think I'm gonna need a little bit more information. Like, what month did you get married? June. We had a June wedding. Ah, Canada in June. That's the dream. Mm -hmm. Sit down or buffet? Um. Well, it's, it's weird that you don't remember. <laughs> no, I just didn't know how to answer because we did butlered hors d'oeuvres in the atrium, but the actual dinner was a buffet in the food court. Featuring a filet mignon or a roasted potato crusted salmon with a lobster scallion beurre blanc. Hmm. Band or DJ? String quartet played at the ceremony. But for the actual reception, we had a seven-piece band. We paid extra for the sax, because I just love that smooth alto sound. How many bridesmaids? Seven. Flowers? Azaleas. Color scheme? Dusty Rose and Sienna. Husband's name? Um, she freezes. You were never married. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. So then the fact that he knows that she wasn't means that Ted has to admit that he broke her confidence and told Marshall about her. And Robin is furious and says that Ted failed her test, which means that she'll never tell him the real reason that she doesn't go to malls and that it's really good. But meanwhile, down at McLaren's, Barney has heard from Lily because she and Marshall share everything, as we established earlier, that Marshall slapped him unjustly. You told him? I had to. I'm slap bet commissioner. Believe me, this hurts me more than it's going to hurt you. Don't count on it. I've been practicing on a tree trunk. 
party gets three slaps. Three? One, because you lied, and two, for being prematurely slapped. Three slaps. But... There. Oh, my God. Are you going to cry? No. You're going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so upstairs, Robin and Ted continue fighting tiresomely until the rest of the gang bursts in because Barney has made an internet friend in Malaysia who's told him that Robin was once known as Robin Sparkles and that video evidence of her former life is about to be online for all of them to watch. So Robin tries to uh, minimize the damage by setting the stage for the video. I want to stress... That I was young. Yeah, you were. And I didn't know any better. They never do. And it started out as an innocent modeling job. It always does. So the video, when we see it, shows Robin dressed up as a schoolgirl, um, asking a teacher not to give her detention and asking if there's some way that she can make it up to him for being such a bad girl. So obviously, Barney slaps Marshall. Uh, this is the first slap that Robin has witnessed, so they have to catch her up. Barney bet Marshall that she had done porn. Porn? I wish it was porn. It would be less embarrassing. I know. How about I sing you a song? <laughs> Let's go to the mall, everybody! I was a teenage pop star in Canada. Um, so then Barney has to deal with the consequences of his actions. Okay, I'm going to give you a choice. Either ten slaps right now in a row, or five slaps that can be doled out at any point from here to eternity. Ooh, you go with the ten now. No way, why get ten when you can get five? Yeah, but the constant fear of knowing that at any moment you could get slapped in the face would drive you crazy. I'm going to go with the five for eternity. Good call. Horrible call. Marshall reaches for a drink and Barney flinches. Thanks, dude, I'm just going for my soda, man. Take it easy. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so the episode wraps up with the gang watching the rest of Robin's terrible, hilarious music video, which we'll link to in the show notes. Um, and after which Marshall smacks the shit out of Barney without any kind of preamble. That's one. And uh, that's it. So this episode benefits from featuring virtually nothing of Ted's search for the mother of his children. Mm -hmm. uh, instead, it's full of what the show does best, gang shenanigans. It establishes the slap bet storyline that will recur with, admittedly, diminishing returns after this. Um, and indulges in a number of jokes at Canada's expense, which I always love. Mm -hmm. um, other than the boring business We are America's punching bag. <laughs> we are indeed, yet... As Canadians, we are always happy when America pays attention to yes. us, even if the attention is bad. <laughs> yep. um, other than the boring business of Ted and Robin figuring out how to be in a relationship together and an egregious factual error regarding Wetzel's pretzels, yes. which didn't come to Canada until the late 90s. And really probably still has like only like five locations. A bunch of them have closed. They, yeah. I only ever see them at movie theaters. Yeah. Um, anyway. Robin says that she, she lived for years on Orange Julius and Wetzel's Pretzels, even though this supposedly took place in the early 90s. Yeah. And I, every time I see this episode, no, you did not. In the show's defense, Wetzel's Pretzels is the go-to comedy pretzel stand. Sure, and Canada does not have an equivalent. Yeah, yeah Canada's own. not big on no, pretzels. Not no, pretzel Auntie Anne's? No. no. Uh, anyway. Um, Should have been poutine from New York Fries. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. That wouldn't have been around in the early 90s 90s, either. yeah, it was. Mm. Yep, yep. Or Canada. Anyway, this episode is not only an example of How I Met Your Mother at its very best and features an incredibly catchy song to boot. Oh, my God. To boot. <laughs> uh, 
It is, I think, most fans' favorite episode, and for all these reasons, I feel that it deserves a place in the canon. The end. Joe, thoughts? Uh, yeah, this is kind of the classic case for a canon episode, especially for a, a canon episode from a good but not great show. Yes, uh, agreed. Where it, whereas it does, this is an episode that uh, does so many things that the show did well at kind of the highest level, and then on top of that has like a classic... TV moment that you will remember even if you hated the show you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I think Robin Sparkles is something Mm -hmm. that you know in 20 years what I'm talking about you know what I've forgotten everything about the mother and whatever like Robin Sparkles will endure and and I would just like to add I should have put this in my original case but the the strength of this episode is the fact that they've gone back to so many of the elements in it never as successfully as the first time Slapsgiving wasn't as good slap episodes and then they've also done other episodes with Robin Sparkles Sparkles, and none is is as good as no you can't recapture the magic again Um, I also feel like this was a great example of sort of the interaction between them the scenes with Marshall and Lily and Barney are all really like snappy and well acted and well scripted and then uh, the Ted and Robin scenes can't help but be a letdown because the Ted and anybody scenes are always a letdown. <laughs> True. But Kobe Smulders is so good on this show, and yeah. she really shows it. That scene where she's making up details of her mm-hmm. wedding that never happened, it's just, she's really quick. She's really, like, she's got a quality well, to and her it's true, that I really Well, and it's true like. to her character that Robin would be a great liar. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, that sounds bad, but I mean it no, as a compliment. but she's a really, she's a really interesting character, yes. and that's true, that's a good she's, aspect of her. And she's really her. different from a lot, from, I think, any other, she's unique among female characters on TV. Yeah. And also, it's just, on a show level, really a bad idea for Barney to make a slap bet with Marshall in the first place. Yes. Because the risk-reward is so much <laughs> on Marshall's side, because his hands are giant meat hocks. Like, it's just, <laughs> yes. you're not gonna ever... Like, the downside is just too great. No, and it's true. And I didn't clip it, but there's a moment after the first slap where Barney says, your hands are huge. And Marshall says, you should know. You've seen my penis. That's a good line. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I agree. This is like a great lighthearted episode of a series that sort of can often get mired in its own like sense of self-importance. I have to admit, I've given up. I I stopped about half. I've never been a consistent viewer of the show. Tara watches it and it's sometimes on. Mm -hmm. But... Like, I knew about this episode. I've watched this episode before. It is, like, yeah. almost pure gold. You know, mm-hmm. like, you're right. The The weakest points of this episode are the weakest points in the series, which is Ted Mosby's character is the Pierce of this show. Yep. Yeah. Like, he is That's a true. drip. Yeah, like, he is. He, he's, un- like, he's not ev- likable or about, interesting or cute. Yeah, and the whole, like, concept. I love how you threw that in there. That's a good job. It's important. It is important. The whole concept of this, the telling the story to his kids is just like it, everybody's tired with it, yes. and it's just like. Ugh. And I know it's the gimmick that almost certainly got the show sold sure. because at least it's the thing that it can say is a differentiator between it and Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, like they need to. It's run its course. Exactly. There's a bit of the Cougar Town dilemma in that too. Yes, where it's like absolutely. The thing that got yep. you sold is now the thing that is making you. Yes. Weak. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, I think slap bet as a concept and go to the mall as a concept like for for other shows that would have been a temptation to put them in two different episodes yes and the fact that they're together in one yes like really 
puts this yeah. over the top. Again, well, like I'm not a giant fan of the show, but I think this episode is so like jam packed. Right? And it can't be emphasized enough just how smart that music video parody is. Oh my god, of brilliant. Debbie Gibson videos and Tiffany videos. And I'm gonna rock your body to Canada. And like it's great. Canadian well, Alanis Morissette oh pop star and the hair it. and the hats and the jean jackets. And they have the reference to where it's like, this is the early nineties. Why does it look so eighties? And Robin says the eighties didn't come to Canada until like ninety three. Well, kind of there's that kind of true. Yeah. There's that part where she says I'm gonna rock your body till Canada Day and the camera sort of pans out and she's in front of a Canadian yeah. flag mm-hmm. and she does this kind of like arm flourish thing yes. that is my favorite thing ever. Yep. Just watch the video. It's really good. And she she sings it's what it's all about yeah. and she says it the way Canadians really say it. Instead yeah. of a boot which is how Instead people of a boot, pretend which how is it sounds. Per- incorrect. incorrect. Which is why the Wetzel's Pretzel thing surprised me because obviously they have Canadian writers. That's why I was so Kobe, betrayed by the Wetzel's Pretzels. Because Kobe Smulders is Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. She, she should have been able to say that was not a yeah. thing. Unless she just thought, well, maybe they had them in Toronto because she's from Vancouver. Yeah. And like, who knows? Whatever. Yes, exactly. Um, But yeah, I think good pick. I think uh, for me, it's in, Joe. For me, it's in. How I Met Your Mother. The episode is called Slap Bet. It is from season two. It is episode nine. You are hereby inducted into the extra hot great camp. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. It's time for winner and loser of the week. And I believe, Tara, you have our winner. Winner of the week is Polly Perrette, the star of like fourth lead of NCIS, who somehow came out number one in the recent <laughs> Q ratings among fans' favorite TV stars. And can you explain Q ratings? Q ratings is something where they they pull people about likability and recognizability of actors, basically. So if you have a high Q rating, it means probably you can, I don't know, your agent can probably parlay that into more money for you. But it's also, you know... You gives you more opportunities to get like commercial endorsement deals because like people know and who you are. Aware, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wrote a story about this for Yahoo that um, <laughs> that basically was like I've never seen a minute of NCIS. Monster. She, she's the reason I don't watch it because I find her really really annoying. Yeah. And uh, wow, people really like that show, they, they and they sure really do. like her because sure because people and now were they like, don't like you. Oh my god, they hate me. They googled me to what find my personal comment? site. That, that was great. I, <laughs> Like I don't know, I never read your column, but you suck. Yeah. Was one. <laughs> nice. A lot of people saying that I'm jealous of her because sure. I said she should stop dressing like a goth because she's 42, but she is, yeah. and, and she, she should. should. <laughs> um, and I also have heard from people. Well, I won't say. No, this, don't say that. I, I know what you're gonna far, say, but don't. and I won't. Yeah, I, it's hearsay. It's not admissible in court. <laughs> yeah, Joe, who is our loser of the week? Uh, well, it's kind of fitting that your winner of the week was somebody you hate, and my loser of the week is somebody that I love, <laughs> um, Ari Grainer, who again, one of my uh, blousy blondes, who I'm not even going to deal with trying to hug because she's just whatever um but she we before planet of the apes we saw the trailer for the new movie the sitter yep. with jonah hill fat jonah hill the yep. relic of you know last mm-hmm. year sure. um but she's this is a really kind of disturbing adventures in babysitting gender swapped ripoff which oh. uh also seems to be incredibly vulgar thanks to the red band trailer that i saw on the internet probably sexist also. um probably sexist um but also just makes me want to go back and watch adventures in babysitting but so she's <laughs> sort of stuck playing the bradley whitford slash penelope ann miller role right where she's both the person who he's trying to get to but also the uh the uh, whatever girlfriend and she has to spend this red band trailer like the first 15 seconds of it getting gone down on by fat Jonah Hill oh. like she's better than that like I just 
ultimately she's better than this movie and she also i'm has, glad she's getting work but god damn it yeah people. doesn't she also have like the nothing role of the sister getting married in the whatever that one with anna the Ferris anna ferris movie yeah yes what's my number what's that my what number yeah yeah so yeah it's at least she seems to be doing well in plays well and it's yes and she keeps getting roles which is a good thing but like she's yeah. too good for jonah hill <laughs> all right guys let's wrap up the rest of the week in the rest of the week Faye Dunaway denies that she's been evicted from her $1,000 a month New York apartment. Okay, if residuals from Mummy Dearest don't keep that bitch in market rate accommodations, I give up. Nope. Reese Witherspoon has signed on for a new movie where she will play the pining wife of fugitive Matthew McConaughey because she just refuses to listen to me about anything. Nope. Seth MacFarlane is reviving the old Carl Sagan series Cosmos for Fox, hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy, plus science. Well, this goes against my every natural instinct, but... Two new episodes of Jenny Slate and Gabe Liedman's web series, Bestie by Bestie. Two! We'll link to those in the show notes as well. Simon Cowell tells the TCA Press Tour that some episodes of his new reality show, The X Factor, will be two and a half hours long. God, that's a lot of melisma from the contestants and rambling from Judge Paul Abdul. Nope! Brett Ratner has been announced as a co-producer of the 84th Academy Awards, a bad decision made even worse by the avalanche of identical jokes about Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan as Oscar hosts that followed. Nope! Gwyneth Paltrow says that Beyonce is her across-the-board role model, which is obviously awesome and proof of Paltrow's good instincts. So will you people please stop giving her shit about goop already? Yup! Cosmos. Um, I would like to just put it out there that Cosmos is the TV equivalent of um, the Satanic Verses. <laughs> that there Explain. Are so many, so many people say. Well, I was willing to just let it be, sit <laughs> at face value. I'm insanely curious now. It's like the book on the bookshelf you put up there, so you, everybody thinks you're smart, and oh, everybody says see. they've seen Cosmos. I was. I say, know so few people that have seen Cosmos because I'll enough. like engage them. Like, yeah, how about, about like you know? And they'll be, uh, I thought you were talking about it in the sense that Carl Sagan made the scientific community so mad that they <laughs> issued a fatwa on his head. But I w- But honestly, like that is not a Fox show, and the fact that Seth MacFarlane is using what juice he has to like actually be a force for good in the universe yeah. for once—it's bewildering. It's, it's bewildering, but I, I have to give him credit yep. for it, even though I hate him. Sure, absolutely, guys. Yes. Do you know what time it is? Yes. It's game time. It's game time. <laughs> Game time happening right now. <laughs> All right, guys, it is the fifth game time of the season. Don't forget about our last episode yeah. that you have did not get to listen to because of a little snafu last week. Mm-hmm. I promise you, I did win. He did. He really did. Our standings are thusly tied at two apiece. This week, we are playing a game from Nick. It is called, and this is his title, and it's a good one. Star Wars spreads its Jabba-esque bloat all over pop culture. Wow. Star Wars spreads its Jabba-esque bloat all over pop culture. Correct. Okay. All right. It's a good one, guys. All right. All right. I am going to play 26 audio clips involving Star Wars (gasps) references in pop culture. Okay. You are going to tell me what show or movie they are from. Uh Uh-huh. First (laughs) to answer gets the point. Oh, no. Oh, God. How you love that we hate it and the and the listeners hate it oh. <laughs> the yelling the hysteria i'm sorry <laughs> here we go That's all relative. that was it's, on again this week so it? good yes. time to play star wars spreads this java-esque bloat all over pop culture all right get ready yes oh, you just shout it out okay. don't buzz all here right. we go yep 
running Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I'm sorry, what? It's 1977, right? Lost. Correct, it the is Star Wars lost. just came out. And pretty soon, George Lucas is going to be looking for a sequel. Number two. Any guesses? Yeah. Nope. It's something yeah. recent. Um, no. That was from Paul. Was it really? Oh. Yeah. It was okay. uh, probably in some honky-tonk bar or something. Probably, yeah. Here honky-tonk we go. Bar. think you're going to get this one. Number three. But right before they did, Jesus had Book of Mormon. Boba Fett Tournament of Frogs. Nice. That was Book of Mormon. As you wish. Uh, I find your lack of faith uh, disturbing. I find your mannish hands disturbing. Archer. Excuse me? That was Archer. That's good. My name is Darth Vader. Back to the future. Shit. I am an extraterrestrial from the planet Vulcan. Princess Leia was wearing Friends. this... Nice. Gold uh, bikini thing. Was... <laughs> Friends. <laughs> Those friends. All right, guys. Time for a little score break. Joe? F4. One. At least wow. I got on the board. Yeah, on time the board. for score Here break. we go. Ooh, I take one of those with a side of two fries. Yeah. <laughs> We're hopelessly outgunned. Shit. The force is with us, but that's about it. That was Futurama. I think George Lucas going to sue somebody. Oh, uh, James Howard, 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 uh, I bust Dogma, something. Oh. James Howard, Howard, check back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was your answer? I'm sorry. I think I said Jay and Silent Bob Strike Dog Must Strike Back. I think I said we're gonna both need of an answer movies. though, a proper answer. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Correct. That was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Hello there, children. How would you like some Salisbury South Park. steak? Joe is killing this one. Yeah. Merchandising, merchandising. Where the real money from the movie is made. That was Spaceballs. I love you. Family Guy. Fuck off. That must have been a directed video endeavor, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. I'll never give in. You killed my father. Toy Story. I am your father. Who said Toy Story? Me. Nice. Correct. That was Toy Story. Joe, points? Uh, I have seven. I have four. All right. Closing the gap. Closing the gap. La, 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 Luke. Luke, a Tommy Boy. I am your father. That was Tommy Boy. <laughs> leader, take down the house. Ray leader, checking in. Ray two, checking in. Ray three, checking in. I'm gonna play this again. There's a clue at the start. Ray leader, take down the house. The house. Burps? That was up. Oh, I see. Up. Yeah. Do not talk about stuff like that on your date. Guys like that 30 rock. like yeah. Star Trek. Wars! <laughs> that was 30 Rock. Here we go. In order to get it built quickly and quietly, they'd hire anybody that can do the job. Clerks. Think the average stormtrooper knows <laughs> how to install a toilet main? All they know is Possibly the classic Star Wars oh, yeah. discussion yes. in the yes. movie. Yes. yes. That was Clerks. My lord. Stormtrooper. My lord. Stormtrooper. My lord. Yep. My lord. Uh huh. My lord. Yo. My lord. No guesses. Mr. Show. No, sorry. Oh. Wrong button. <laughs> <Damn> you. <laughs> that was from Robot Chicken. Oh. Robot Chicken. 
Plus, tag team robot wrestling. It's the mighty robots of Battlestar Galactica versus the gay robots of Star Wars. Oh my god. Simpsons. Plus, tag team. Uh, okay. The gay robots of Star Wars. <laughs> Points, please? Ten. To five. Alright. You still got possible time. <laughs> it's a spot, werewolf. Or should I say, Wookie. Wookie. <laughs> Everybody's noodling hmm. this one. Boondocks? That's a good guess. I'm gonna play it again. We're in a tough spot, a werewolf. Guess. Or should I say, Wookie? Wookie? Guess? Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, that was uh, Frylock and Neatwad in that clip. Of course. Here's an easy one. Get ready. Buffy the Vampire Sire. And Joe, can you explain why this is a Star Wars? The band who plays their opening credits is called Nerf Herder. Oh. Scrubs. For a person. SpongeBob SquarePants. Incorrect. It's not Scrubs. Looking for a singer. Weird Al Yankovic. Do I get it? Yeah. Even though I guessed wrong? Yeah, you can keep on guessing. All right. Thanks. But this is just the beginning, guys, of Star Wars works, and it will. Oh, Zack and Mary make a porn. Damn it, I almost got it. Return of the brown eye. The Phantom Menace. And Revenge of the Shit. The all anal final chapter. Can you repeat that title? Zack and Mary make a porno. Correct. Here we go. It's a trap. Oh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, I think Joe got that one. Oh, wait, wait. We can replay it. That was like at the same time, but I think he like finished first. We'll just put an asterisk in that one, case. I marked case. it for Joe. Okay, here we go. I got a wacky idea. What say we say this on the runway? Oh, nice. Solo. That was from Zoolander. Points, please. Uh, twelve. Joe. Uh, Tara. Eight. <laughs> All right, here we go. There's that mini fridge. Family Guy. Family Guy. Sorry. Family Guy. Nope. Robot Chicken again. Nope. It is a cartoon. It's the American Animaniacs. Dad. Oh. Going back, oh. the Animaniacs. It sounded Animaniacs. like Seth Green. All right, here we go. Last one, guys. This guy's methodical, exacting, and worst of oh, all. Oh, seven. Patient. Seven. He's a nutbag. Just because the fucker's got a library card doesn't make him Yoda. That was from Seven. Okay, here's the tiebreaker just because we have the clip. Okay. Seriously, Dad, if you don't know the Dark Lord of the Sith, the most hated enemy of the Jedi uh, that 70 warrior, show. then <laughs> I guess somewhere down the line, I failed with you. That's correct. That was that 70 show. So that point that was in contention will not matter, so we don't correct. have to go to the replay. We correct? Do correct? We do not. Okay. <clears throat> Final scores, please. 13? Eight. Well, Joe, guess what? You won! Yeah! <laughs> Joe! Alright guys, that's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We found Rise of the Planet of the Apes, an appealing huh? summer flick. Yeah, I see what you're doing. And we went bananas when oh. Joe finally got his hug from Busy Phillips. <laughs> she's not only a friend now, she's Joe's prime mate. Oh. Wow. We love the monkey shines and <laughs> how I met your mother's slap bed and duly inducted it into the extra hot great canon. We crowned top bananas and baboons of the week, peeled down the rest of the week, and Joe was the winner of this week's game time. 
You can ape on our site or orangutan or bonobo. You can send us your silverback ideas and you can also send us your rhesus monkeys for the extra hot great marmoset, spider monkey or whatever you'd like. Go to snowmonkeys.something for details on that. Remember, we're listening. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano. Joe Reed. Thank you, Busy Phillips. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week on Extra Hot Great. Oh my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. You finally made a monkey. Yes, we finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally Thank you.